1: This, this is the Double State, State of Mind, Mind podcast. podcast, brought to you brought by, to you by you the, the Hockey, hockey Podcast Network. Now, now here's your host, your host Neil Villapiano. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You could throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over/unders, and props, your betting options. Feel endless. And with baseball season right around the corner, you already know there's going to be tons of opportunities picking who's going to win the World Series to all star game voting and so, so much more. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use our promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Devils fans, what is going on? It is, as always... Your host, your boy, your best friend, Neil piano, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're checking out this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these out. You know I greatly appreciate it. And as always, guys, this podcast episode and everything we do here at The Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored, as always, by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook with so many big opportunities, so many major games like the Super Bowl. And granted, you guys are hearing this uh, episode the day after the Super Bowl, but nonetheless, with the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup and NBA playoffs coming up very soon, and also Major League Baseball is returning It's kind of crazy that we're getting to that point now. But with all those sports going on, DraftKings is giving you guys unbelievable opportunities to cash in on huge cash prizes. So if you want to get in on the action, you go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, sign up, use our promo code THPN, and as always, tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. And also a big thank you and shout out to our other great sponsors at Raycon. If you want the best quality earbuds and headphones for half the price of the other brands and you want noise canceling and so many other great features, go to buy Raycon right now and use our promo code THPN to get 15% off your purchase. So thank you to DraftKings and Raycon for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well. As the Devil's State of Mind podcast. We have a returning guest joining us here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. He is a great friend of mine, one of the first guests that I ever had on the podcast. He is my go to guy when it comes to not only trade rumors, but certainly prospect evaluation and this is a good guy to have on so we are excited to welcome on the founder of heads up hockey podcast and also a contributor for pucks and pitchforks it is my good friend you know him you love him it's jersey joe joe happy sunday my friend how are you doing today
0: Holy shnikes, I'm telling you, with time is flying, you have to really look at the 2023 draft for those who are on the sell, sell, sell list to really <laughs> look at teams like the New Jersey Devils because we got some capital to give you, but it comes with a price. It does,
1: it certainly does. And what we're going to do. In this episode, we're going to quickly recap the last two games of the Devils against the Kraken and also against the Minnesota Wild. Yep, you were there for the game against the Kraken. I'm sure that was an awesome experience. And we're also going to talk about Jack Hughes because at the time of this recording, he uh, has picked up an injury, and uh, I want to get Joe's perspective on that. And then we're going to finish up with talking about some trade rumors because with how some of the teams have uh, operated in our division – you kind of wonder when it's going to be the devil's turn to kind of jump in on that. So, Joe, let's start with this. The first news that we got was the fact that Jack Hughes was diagnosed with an upper body injury and was deemed week to week. Although both Lindy Ruff and Marty Burder said that it didn't seem that major and that it might be he might return sooner rather than later. I kind of assume it might be next week, probably around maybe around this time next week. What are your thoughts about the injury and everything like that?
0: I kind of speculate where, when he was in that game in the all star game, getting tripped up by Kachuk uh, looked like it was something like he aggravated maybe his shoulder. I'm not, I'm no doctor. I'm just saying like I'm looking at the film, mm-hmm. but that's a little troubling. But it's not like when he got hit by Lausanne uh, right. more than a year ago, but you know, sometimes players get reaggravated uh problems from recent past. So really mm-hmm. I don't think it's all that severe, but the devil's taking their time. You know, we have nine games starting uh what is it Tuesday or something? Correct, and, Valentine's Day. And you have until trade deadline on the third versus Vegas. So really I see No more than four or five games missed. But the Devils have won two of the three games without Jack. Mm -hmm. And this is a a sport that is a cooperative, not a uh, a, a one-person single-handed, like uh, basketball in some cases.
1: Right. Um, The one thing that I will just point out is that Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet said on one of his latest episodes of 32 Thoughts that uh, it didn't seem like that the – the hit or I guess the situation that Brady Kachuk did when he dragged down Jack had anything to do with the injury uh that Jack used to sustain. It is kinda of, it is kind of a head scratcher because when you look at the game against Vancouver, you can't pinpoint one situation in the game where you could say that's when Jack got hurt. So, you know, it's all just speculation at this point. But the bottom line of it all is simply that Jack Hughes doesn't seem to be majorly hurt. It seems that he seems to be okay. He's a little bit banged up. It's safer to rest him, obviously, for the long haul, not just this season, but moving forward. And um, you know, do you Joe, do you feel that do you feel that I guess the question is that the devils are handling this properly with him, you know, probably more or less just resting and not just trying to go out there and still trying to contribute. Even if he's not at a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I, let me throw this in there. So this time of year where the devils have, you know, they're in a playoff spot. They got what, at least 10 plus to 12 points Mm -hmm. on the bottom wildcard team at this time. You know, you have to play it smart. Um, it's good to let uh, the guys like a Jesper Bolkvist get in the lineup and be creative mm-hmm. with a guy like Tomas Tatar, where Tatar has been very up and down. You need someone who's going to experiment. Um, you need to showcase the Alexander Holtzes, uh to get uh, a trade to commence. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is showcase time for the seller team. And we're we're in that buyer mode. So for me, allowing Jack to use the rest is the right thing to do.
1: I think that's all good points. And I guess we'll, we'll see how things progress as the week goes on again. Again, Devils fans. I don't think, you know, first of all, let's not panic. Let's not, you know, jump to conclusions and say, you know, how long is Jack really going to be out? Let's just see how things go. And uh, again, you have two very reliable people in the organization, Tom Fitzgerald and Marty Brenner, who both, uh, well, excuse me, Lindy Ruff and Marty Breder, who both made comments about, you know, Jack, it doesn't seem that severe. It's not something that we're overly concerned. Remember, he did practice, and he's also traveling with the team on this road trip. So it's not like Jack's, you know, not, you know, involved as much in everything. But uh, the Devils' first game with Jack out of lineup was this past Thursday. You were there, Joe, at home against the mm-hmm. Seattle Kraken. Round two of what the Devils call the Cryptid Cup I don't think the I don't think the Kraken call it that at all. I think the Devils just came up with that on their own. Um but clearly when you watch this game, the Devils definitely missed Jack Hughes in the lineup. They weren't as consistent in front of the net. It kind of felt like at times they were playing back on defense way too much and they were relying heavily on Mackenzie Blackwood as they've done the last couple starts for him to make big time saves. And he stepped up big. This was one of the best games I had seen Blackwood play, not just this year, but certainly in a while. And we know how things have gone over the last year, almost two years now with the injuries and all the other stuff. But the last couple of games, including this one, Blackwood has been a lot, a lot stronger. And the Devils were able to find a way to get themselves a big 3-1 win at home against the Kraken. Adam Larson, the former Devil, uh, got yeah. the only goal for the Seattle Kraken. I think it, it, it it's it's funny now because I think there's so much of a younger generation of Devils fans that don't even know that Adam Larson had played for the Devils and was a first round pick in 2012. I want to say I think it was 2012. I, I, um,
0: I will I will say this uh, the the uh, I remember having Adam Larson because um, my dog we got her uh, right. At, at the time after uh, she she went after she was born a few weeks old um, Mm -hmm. from Tom's river. This is, this is right after the Adam Larson draft in 2011. So it was that same Mm -hmm. summer I've -hmm. had my dog. So she's witnessed uh, Adam Larson uh, (laughs) getting traded uh, for Taylor hall. And I, and, and she's seen a lot of things and she's watched some hockey games with me. So uh, Charlie's been Good witnessing that. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm that old, people. Yes.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, Dougie Hamilton had himself a great game offensively. Defensively, it was very questionable. But offensively, he got himself two goals, both on the power play, including the game winner, John Marino, in just his second game returning to the lineup, got himself an empty net goal. And the Devils came away with that win. Mackenzie Blackwood stopping 33 of 34 shots, a big win for the Devils, especially with Jack Hughes out of the lineup. But Joe, I want to get your full, you know, opinion of this game because you were obviously at the game, so you got a little bit better. Section 14, baby, awesome. You love, you love to see those low seats and uh, getting as close to the action as possible. But Joe, what it, what were your overall thoughts of the Devils' play? I mean, in my personal opinion, when I saw it, you could definitely see the team missed Jack Hughes, and they we're looking to rely on somebody and Dougie obviously was the one that stepped up. Same thing with Mackenzie Blackwood, but I didn't see as much of the speed and confidence as you would see when Hughes is in the lineup.
0: What, what I will throw this in there. So I throw this term uh, out there a lot. It's called Sasquatching. So a lot of hits block shots and you had a lot of defense and then eventually creates points. So, Mm -hmm. Anyone who does hits, blocks, and points, those are called Sasquatch uh, two-way defense. So when the Devils play without a certain player, they know the next man up steps in, and -hmm. those lines start to uh, try and negate as many odd man rushes, try and cover your team on any mismatches, and they've been able to handle the pressure. I mean, the worst they did was Vancouver, but to me, this was an A minus in my book. Uh, The only thing I would have done a little bit better was uh, to clear the net in front of Mackenzie Blackwood, and if Mm -hmm. Blackwood sees the puck, uh, it is a three and nothing Devils win.
1: Yeah, I think it's all good points. Um, You know, I've I've gotten very frustrated with how the Devils have played recently. Um, when Blackwood's in net, I mean, granted, this comes from the last couple of years of him being very inconsistent and not playing all too particularly well. And I've said before that I think the Devils defense and team overall are still trying to learn to trust Blackwood. And I think after these last couple of performances, I think you can't help but, you know, get the sense and the hope that the team does trust Blackwood moving forward because of how strong he's been in net over these last handful of games he's played. And, you know, I think for the Devils to get a win against a good Kraken team, I mean, a Kraken team that I think very much so is going to end up making the playoffs for the first time in their history in just year two, um, you know, it's important. And knowing that the Devils have, for the most part, kind of gone up and down with how they played at home this year, uh, it's important for them to get both wins. They got both wins on this quick home stand after the All-Star break, and now they begin this road trip. And that's kind of where I wanted to get uh to the next point which is talk about the devils game on saturday night in the twin cities against the minnesota wild i believe if i'm not mistaken this is the first time the devils have faced the wild this year i don't recall i don't think the wild have played in new jersey yet this i year. don't think
0: they've played together yet no but this i would, could be wrong
1: yeah i believe this is the first time the devils and wild played against one another this year uh and to kind of to kind of summarize the game very quickly, this was a relatively boring game from both sides. I mean, there was really strong goaltending from both Vitek, Vanacek, and also um, Gustafsson. Tomas Tatar. Well, Tomas Tatar had a really good game. He had two goals, goals 11 and 12 of the year, his first multi-goal game as a devil. And his first multi-goal game, I think since 2019, I believe when he was still with the uh, Canadians. So there's a fun fact there. Um, but unfortunately this game had to go all the way to what i call the dreaded shootout the devils really didn't have much of an attempt in the shootout as they lost Can we the, shootout. the
0: shootout please
1: yeah i i want to get your opinion on the shootout in general joe in a second but the devils ended up losing in the shootout 2 to nothing and lost the game 3 to 2 and i'll be honest with you joe this was more of a worry about the team being so reliant on Jack Hughes that when uh, that when you're asking other guys to step up, and granted, you know, Tatar definitely stepped up, but there were other guys of a little bit more talent like, you know, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, guys like that, that did not step up that much at all in this game, particularly Nico. It's kind of a concern. It's kind of a concern to me that guys are not playing better as a team like what are your thoughts on that
0: well my my thoughts are is that anytime they it's not just you know the regular play that they play the first three periods it's how can they handle being without jack in the extended period Mm -hmm. because you know this is when your marbles are on the line and you really got to play for it and to me like Brack could have stepped up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would I would have loved to see maybe like Dougie get set up a little bit better, but honestly, like they were more they were too skittish when it was in overtime.
1: Yeah, I mean it's they. I feel like not just in overtime, I feel like throughout a lot of the game, they were very skittish, their passes weren't crisp. There was a lot of really dumb turnovers. Uh, Siegenthaler had himself a pretty brutal game overall defensively, as well as he took a couple bad penalties. Uh, it, it just was a sloppy game. It just was a sloppy game. I think the Devils were fortunate to get a point, and they've gotten three out of a possible four since Jack Hughes has been out, which is a good thing. Clearly shows that the Devils are finding ways to get points. Uh, ultimately, you wanted to get a you wanted to get that win last night because you look at what happened around the league. You know the De- the Hurricanes and Rangers played last night in that game, and the Hurricanes got destroyed six to two at home. Artemi Panarin with a four goal game, and so the Rangers now are three points behind the Devils for second place. Uh, in the Metropolitan Division. That's not great. The good news, though, is that the Devils moved to within three points of Carolina for first in the Metro Division. So it's kind of a good news, bad news situation. But clearly, the Devils, and you know this as well, Joe, in this division, every single point matters. No matter how you get it, you got to stay pace. And that's kind of the thing we have to look at with the Devils, that they have to... You know just continue to stay paced, continue to rack up the points, and try to rack up the win. So, with that uh shootout loss, the devils have now moved to 34, 13, and 5 on the season. They will travel as we'll look ahead to the schedule for the rest of the week. The devils are in Columbus on Tuesday, Valentine's Day, um, against the Blue Jackets, 7:30 p.m. And then They have a very head-scratching 9 p.m. start time on Thursday against the St. Louis Blues. That game is on national TV. That game got moved to ESPN. Not ESPN Plus, but ESPN. So the Devils will be on national TV against the Blues team that is trying to remain in the playoff hunt. And then lastly, the Devils will have a Metro Division matchup on Saturday evening-ish. Uh 5 30 p.m. start time in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. So overall, Joe, I think we can both agree that these are three winnable games moving forward. Would that be correct? You can
0: yeah, you can easily get six points. Uh at game fifty two, um, when the Devils had what like third like thirty plus games left,
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I I said to people, you know, they got X amount of points outstanding. And I looked at it, if the Devils keep winning um, 70% of that, they can
1: get 44 points.
0: Right now, you got, Mm -hmm. what, 73? Right now, 75?
1: 73 points at the time of this recording.
0: So at the time of this recording, the Devils could be between 96 and 116 in between there, like a median rate of 105. If they're around that sweet spot at the 70% win rate, Things will be just fine I mean when Jack comes back And or the Devils make a trade To get let's say a Timo Meyer, Or mm-hmm. maybe they get Pavel Buchnevich, Maybe they get uh, Luke Shen
1: mm-hmm. there,
0: there are so many options That it's not just We want Timo now It's more like we have All these other options That teams will want some of our Pieces So it's not going to be a rental guy, but it's certainly going to be a controllable guy.
1: And I do want to quickly mention, I forgot to mention this in the game against um, Seattle on Thursday. There was a couple of we want Timo chants during the national anthem and throughout the game. So The Devils fans have definitely expressed their opinion of what the Devils should do. At the deadline, especially with the Rangers acquiring Vladimir Tarasenko from St. Louis uh, on Thursday, so you look at the Islanders, you look at the Rangers; they have both made relatively big moves for two very notable names. Uh, and so Timo Meyer remains the top name out there. And so that's kind of now you've kind of given me a good chance to segue into the next thing, Joe, that I want to get your opinion on because you're very good at talking about prospects and obviously also about trade. So I feel like this kind of works, you know, to you know. Altogether, so let's talk about the trade deadline. Because again, I know it's again it's March 3rd, that's when the trade deadline is. We still got a couple of weeks before that, but you already are seeing teams weeks ahead of time getting deals done because I don't think they want to spend too much time at the deadline trying to make a move for a relatively big piece. And as we both know, the number one guy on not just the devils list, but on the list of many is Timo Meyer from the San Jose Sharks. At the time of this recording, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic has reported that the Sharks have not allowed any team to speak to Timo Meyer at this time until a deal is done. And it's also been reported, which is kind of interesting, that the Devils have basically said to the Sharks, do not make a deal with any other team until you give us the last shot. So basically, it sounds like the Devils, number one. It's almost like we are willing to give up, you know, the farm for Timo Meyer and that we want to be at least given one last shot um, to try to get Timo Meyer. Now, there are other teams out there. Another team to keep in mind is the Carolina Hurricanes. They have been talked about a lot in a potential Timo trade. Um, There's also the Toronto Maple Leafs have been talked about a good amount. Uh, Winnipeg Jets, which I feel like people are not talking about the Winnipeg Jets enough, but that's something to kind of... Keep in mind. Uh, but those are some of the teams that have been mentioned. Vegas Golden Knights as well. Uh, I kind of wonder if they're kind of leaning more towards Patrick Kane at this moment, but we'll see how things progress over the next couple of weeks. But Joe, I need to know, man, what are your overall thoughts about the Devils and a potential uh, partnership with Timo Meyer?
0: Well, there, there's, there's so many good working variables in the Devils' favor. Like the devils have so many like bountiful prospects that they can offer, but to, let me throw this out there. Uh Freeman, prove me right, where the devils will not offer Hughes or Namech. Right. Those are guys you need to have. And mm-hmm. I would be fine moving Riley Wallace. He's been in the system too long. He needs to play somewhere else. Um, I would be fine if they tried offering Seamus Casey, if they wanted to leverage a little bit more, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you got guys like Victor Hurdy that want to come up, you know, down the road and you already have guys like Ahachuk, Ball, you know, they're all pounding on the door of opportunity in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I think what is gonna happen, you're gonna see something similar along the lines of the Tarasenko deal, but more like closer to Horvat, where okay. you're giving up, you're giving up a first. Right. So we would have to give our first. Of course, I'm thinking of Riley Walsh. Um, you're throwing. You'd have to probably wipe out the contract of Meyer a little bit with, you know, Johnson as a throw-in. But you okay. really have to give in. Maybe Alexander Holtz, Ooh. and you'd have to look at maybe. I don't know, trying to think of some other defenseman. Maybe Severson goes in that deal. Right. Because, you know, Nemec is trying to come in, and maybe if you get, let's say, a a Luke Shen, that buys time for a Luke Hughes to ease into Utica, and you have Mm -hmm. Nemec coming up, uh, taking in that time on the right-handed side. And really, like, Dougie is our number one right handed D mm-hmm. and John Marino's a number two D man on the right side and the match is going to learn from those two guys. Right. And I actually spoke to uh Bruce Driver at the draft about, you know, getting the match and you know, we certainly needed someone of that ilk.
1: Yeah. So I think all those points are valid. I mean, again, very similar to what you're saying, Joe, that's kind of been the idea as to what a lot of people have been talking about, what the devils would give up or what they could give up. Um, You know, one name that you mentioned that I want to kind of talk about a little bit more is Alexander Holtz, because, you know, he played against Seattle for the, and he played for the first time in, I don't know, like 20 ish games, something like that. He finally got back in the lineup. He was okay. You know, he had one really good chance to potentially score, uh, but didn't cash in. And then he got benched. He did not play against Minnesota. So, my question to you is this. Do you feel, number one, that Holtz is just not built for this Devils team right now? Do you feel that it's time to move on this early in his career? And do you feel the Devils are kind of stunting his growth by him being up here in New Jersey and not playing at all? Well, the last part, yes. First,
0: Okay, if you leave him in Utica for too long, I mean, he's getting too used to being a career AHLer, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, I ra- if I was Tom Fitzgerald, I would push him to be in the lineup a little bit more consistently because when I was watching him um a couple times this year in mm-hmm. New Jersey, seeing him, you know, like move past the puck and not handle it properly or skating. Uh, out of synchronization, stuff like that. He he wants to have the puck. He wants to shoot. But he doesn't get that much ice time under Lindy Ruff. It's one mm. of my problems with Ruff and past doubles coaches that have had problems with Sweden, certain Swedish players. Not all, but some. It's, it's mm. a big fetish that I've seen mm-hmm. this organization mishandle certain players from Sweden. Mm. But I just don't... I don't get it. Like... If like here's another thing, like if he's playing with a Fabian Zetterlund and maybe Miles Wood, maybe he can play with someone who's a little bit slower and someone with more edge Mm -hmm. that might complement him as a sniper. But Mm. really, he should be playing on the second line, no higher than that. But third line is realistic as you can really get with him yeah. but san jose seems like the kind of speed um he needs because they're not a super fast team they're they're smooth but they're not like yeah stealth
1: bomber fast no i get it i, I get that um i guess my my question to you joe to kind of you know piggyback off that is wouldn't san jose be less interested in Holtz? because of the fact that he has spent so much time not playing and just kind of watching games from the press box and not getting a chance to really see what he can do on the NHL ice consistently? Yes and no.
0: I mean, they're looking at it as a value where his stock is a lot lower for someone of his caliber. But if he can skate at the same speed with William Eklund, when they're both ready to, you know, graduate mm-hmm. full time, L, this could be something that helps that shark rebuild uh, a little bit faster. But the Devils could be doing this trade tree that benefits them. Like the Devils could, you know, move on from uh, Holtz, and it won't be looked at as like a draft bust or anything like that. You would be getting a big caliber guy of Timo Meyer. Maybe you right. get either one of Kakonen or, uh, James Reimer. I think they end up getting a Reimer in that deal, because if you look at his recent, uh, playoff, uh, stats, Mm -hmm. he actually has done rather well in the playoffs. And when he's on a winning team, he actually has like three or four shutouts a year. Mm -hmm. And he would be an excellent backup to Vanacek. Yeah. So you don't want to play Vanacek all that well, Mm -hmm. but, um, if the Devils really want to move on from Blackwood, I'd be fine with um getting Reimer. Mm-hmm. He may not be my number 1, but I prefer Vemelka from Arizona. Arizona.
1: Yep. Yeah, um that's definitely that was definitely something that I asked uh particularly Alex Chauvincy, the hockey writers last week. I, we talked about, you know, the potential of maybe the Devils moving Blackwood or looking for a goaltender period. We know that Frank Saravalli kind of mentioned that the Devils could be a team interested in a, in a backup goaltender, but I think personally. And from what I've heard, I think it's most likely if they're going to move away from Blackwood, it will be during the off season and that they will probably solve the, I don't want to say solve, but probably look for another backup um, during the off season, whether that's outside of the organization or looking at a guy like Akira Schmidt or Nico Dawes, who have both had some success in the NHL at very early stages and certainly are playing well uh, down in Utica. So Joe, obviously we've talked about Timo Meyer, and that's kind of the big one that everybody wants to talk about. The big fish. The big fish. No pun intended. He plays the <laughs> structure, but still. Baby shark um, the 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 thing that actually is more fascinating to me, and I asked uh both James Nichols of the fourth period and uh Ryan Novozinski of NJ.com this question, and I want to get your opinion on this, is talk to me about some what I would call under the radar. Players that the devils could be looking at to kind of supplement whether it's on the back end or certainly on the bottom six, because that's kind of a fascinating situation as well.
0: Well, I mentioned uh Luke Shen as a defenseman. I'm not sure if he stays around that long because I'm sure interest is picking up at this time. And I really wanted Nico Mikola, but right from St. Louis. That 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 flew out the door. Yep. But I wouldn't be surprised if the doubles look to Vancouver, maybe they offer the idea of trying to get Tyler Myers, but that contract is still bloated, but they could always (laughs) have it retained, but getting a big guy like that would help lower that problem, Mm -hmm. but they really need to go maybe for maybe one of the Islanders defensemen like Mayfield. I would like Ooh. a big physical guy that could also shoot the puck. And I, I honestly, to me, the Islanders are a fad this season. Where they think they're gonna make the playoffs, but clearly it's such a dogfight to get into the wild card. It's hard. It's hard. <clears throat> and I and They just lost to I, Montreal and to the island. Mm-hmm. And the and Tom Fitzgerald already knows Lou. And there's so many contract problems. With the Islanders, long term, the Devils could be helping the Islanders, and the Islanders could be helping the Devils to help upset the Rangers and the Hurricanes. So, I really think that those two should partner up.
1: I guess we'll see. I mean, it just uh, again. Well, I think if any kind of I wouldn't say low tier move, but like like I said, under the radar move, I think would probably end up happening. Closer to the deadline. What what about the bottom six, Joe? Because you talked about guys on the back end, Luke Shen, Tyler Myers, you know, uh Mayfield. What about the bottom six? Cause that's something that I feel like has been somewhat of a concern of late, that the bottom six is not as productive as it was earlier this year. And some guys, you know, are just not carrying their weight enough to really help create more depth on this team like what are some bottom six guys i know one guy that's been talked about is a guy like max domi from chicago yes, um, max
0: domi. Um, yeah so
1: like what are what are some guys like that
0: max domi and then you have i know josh anderson's been mentioned but his trade value is way too high and yeah, he, overblown yeah, apparently I he's worth
1: away. like luke hughes
0: I no, that, <laughs> I would I would I would say no to that in a heartbeat. I'm not even a devil's GM, and I I will say this: um, I would love to have Pavel Buchnevich, but he's not a bottom six guy though. You you still right. want someone who could round out your third line, and you could push maybe one guy from our third line, like a Sharon Govich, down to the fourth, and mm-hmm. maybe move someone up a little bit. I really think you know that would be a good move. Um, let me check because I think another I guy that,
1: that I'll just quickly mention to the to people listening, because I mentioned this on my Instagram live, is a guy like Kevin LeBanc, who apparently the yes. sharks are willing to actually move as well.
0: Actually, the fourth period mentioned him. Mm-hmm. And I think in the deal for Meyer, you have to throw in LeBanque mm-hmm. and LeBanque. You know, is from Staten Island, New York, but really it's the outlier of New York that should belong to New Jersey, and <laughs> he should definitely be a devil because mm-hmm. he can actually score goals. May may not be the the flashiest guy, but he's a hard-working player.
1: He's a pretty and, fast guy, is he not? I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a relatively fast guy.
0: Yeah, he's be- he's too fast for the San Jose Sharks. But good That's enough fair. to be part of the Devils, but you you got to take that into consideration because um, James Nichols of the fourth period covers both the Devils and the Islanders. And the hockey podcast. I mean, the Devils have been mentioned with uh, LeBanc the past couple mm-hmm. seasons, just like they've been with Bo Horvat with the Vancouver Canucks. Right. So really, uh, those West Coast ties um, really favor the Devils more. Yeah. But I don't think you're gonna cost more than maybe a fifth round pick when it comes to a guy like LeBanc. Mm-hmm. But he could certainly most exceed that um, if he performs well in New Jersey. So i I think they they got an idea. Mm-hmm. It's just that um, one other guy I forgot to bring up: Ivan Barbashev. He mm-hmm. he he play, he plays both. Regular season hockey and playoff hockey, where he can be physical, he can play that two a game. Mm-hmm. His he's very silky with with his hands, and I know he may not score a ton of goals, but he creates a lot of offense. Yeah, and we need guys like that that will clog up the arteries where the Zabana Jazz, the Tarasenko's. Um, you want to slow them down. You want to slam them to the the walls mm-hmm. and tell them hey look you're not getting any easy opportunities tonight good effing luck <laughs> i i want that type of attitude in a player because when the game's on the line i've heard you and i over the years on our podcast both like oh we we lost it because of this and that and right we need those players that are going to create that kind of chaos
1: right I think, that's, I think that's a good point. Uh, and I think this should be pointed out as well. Ivan Barbashev, just last year, 26 goals, 34 assists for 60 points. He had a phenomenal year in St. Louis last year. And this year he has certainly kind of taken a nosedive in terms of points. Only nine goals, 15 assists for 24 points. His plus minus is pretty concerning at a minus eight. But again, St. Louis has had a really... Rough go of it, but if you look at Ivan Barbashev, who currently at the time of this recording is how old is he 27? So that's not bad. Um, I don't know his contract situation off the top of my head, but he's oh, definitely, definitely a guy. Sure. He's definitely a guy that I think would be kind of like a a guy who could score on our bottom six that could be more consistent on the bottom six. I think he plays in the bottom six in St. Louis as well, if I'm not mistaken. So he kind of fits yeah. in the ball.
0: And he's not going to cost you a whole lot. He's uh, going to be a free agent in 23, 24. But, like, if so he, he performs well for us, uh, mm-hmm. for a guy that's for uh, $2.25 at that age who can play all three forward lines, yeah. uh, like center, left wing, right wing, he can mm-hmm. do just a little bit of everything. But if the Devils do want to go crazy and they miss out on Meyer, they want a big guy from St. Louis, they should go for Pavel Buchnevich. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy that also plays uh, playoff and regular season hockey and who's known to be more of a goal scorer, but also right. gets around points uh, with the Blues. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> to me, the Devils really need to tap into that uh, mm-hmm. kind of player because if you know they do miss out on Meyer, at least they're not going to overspend. But they're going to spend properly to get Probably. the right guy at the right time. And right. you don't want guys like Barbashev and Bucinavich to go to naught in their times in their career where they could be playing for a winner.
1: Right. Good points. Uh, the last name that I wanted to ask you about Joe because I've asked a lot of people about this name and I know how most I would say most Ellis fans have reacted to this when I've even brought it up is the Blackhawks number one you know guy and that is Patrick Kane um mm-hmm. and he's been mentioned as a possible destination um to as, as he's the Devils have been mentioned as a possible destination for Patrick Kane and now with the Rangers, moving from you know because again it looked like it was just Patrick Kane to the Rangers Patrick Kane like it it looked like it was just going to happen at some point right like it was just at some point it was going to happen well the the Rangers ended up going and getting Tarasenko um and we don't get this very often Joe but we got an honest opinion from Patrick Kane about the Rangers trading for Tarasenko instead of acquiring um Kane and he said, "quote It's not like the happiest I've ever been about a trade," Kane said after the Blackhawks practice on Friday. I think he also said, "Obviously, you want to do right by the franchise. The organization here has been amazing to me and give me so much. So you definitely want what's best for both sides." He also mentioned that the Rangers were definitely up there as a destination for him. So clearly, Patrick Kane is very disappointed. I don't know if angry would be the word. I think he's just disappointed that he will not be, at least for now, not be going to the New York Rangers. Now, is there the possibility he could go there in free agency? Yeah, but he'd have to take so little money to, stay, to go to the Rangers. Although Chris Drury finds very interesting ways to get deals done. So I give him a lot of credit for what he's done with the Rangers. That's as far as the niceness I'm going to say about our Hudson River rivals. But <laughs> I have mentioned that it's possible that the Devils could look to Kane. Granted, he would be strictly a rental as maybe a backup option if we don't get Timo. Now, is the injuries a concern? Yes, but he played through an injury and got 90 plus points last year. So, I mean, it's not like that Kane can't still produce um, to an extent. I also don't think the Devils would have to give up a ton just because of the fact that he, you know, Kane has a no trade clause. He determines where he goes. He basically has the control in all of this. So what are your thoughts about the very unlikely possibility of a Devils and Patrick Kane partnership?
0: I'm not the highest on Patrick Kane at this time in his career, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, after those injuries you stated, I mean, I've, I've read and I've seen that he's not as fast as he used to be. Yet he's creative but I mean, it does bring a playoff presence, but I'd rather much stick to like a Bertuzzi from Detroit instead mm-hmm. because I don't want to pay for a name and overpay for a Patrick Kane. I grew yeah. up liking Patrick Kane when he's a lot younger. And to me, the cap, the cap and all that, I'd rather save that for a better player for a rainy day right and the devils need to not pay for brand name not in their prime anymore and nothing against patrick Kane. yes you're the best all one of the best all-time american uh players in the nhl for the game of hockey but i rather much have a guy like a bertuzzi who's gonna stir the pot and help us get those really good plays um like Anytime, like the Rangers think or the Flyers think, they can suffocate the Devils on any play or get around Jack Hughes. I would love to see a Bertuzzi in New Jersey, Ooh. and I know Devils fans from yesteryear will say we do not like your uncle, but <laughs> we we will definitely embrace you for helping yeah. us get through. It'd be like our. Younger version of David Clarkson.
1: I like that. I like that. Well, all these points are really good, and, and as I've said before, we just got to see what happens, right? We just got to, you know, I don't, I don't know if again, there's no signs that the Devils are in the midst of making a trade. It will be interesting to see what happens with Jacob chickering because at the yes. time of this recording, he is going to be dealt. We just don't know. We know that it's not Toronto. We know that it's not Edmonton, and we know it's not the Kings either. So I literally have no idea where he's going at this point. So keep that in mind. I'm not saying the Devils are involved in it. I don't think the Devils even called Arizona about Chickering because we, quite frankly, don't need him. And I would be terrified to acquire him because I don't think he's as good as people say he is. So Yeah, I I mean, look, you the way...
0: Arizona develops players. They they develop they forwards far better than they do defensemen, mm-hmm. and that is their biggest problem. They don't have the kind of hockey development system the Devils do, and they heavily rely on the teams that uh, produce these players. Mm-hmm. But they don't have the staff nor the people to really build them up at a younger age and whatnot. And I hate to harp on that, but with the way that the coyotes are built and they're moving to that stadium and then making a new stadium eventually in a few years, yeah, it's a lot harder to like build a foundation. Mm-hmm. And that's why they have to trade and sign players set name. Right. But Jacob Chickering to me, like, he he was a good story on draft day. But to me, like, he would do better in a different environment.
1: Right. And he doesn't, and talking about it from the devil's perspective, he doesn't fill a position of need at this no. point. I mean, like, if we're getting rid of Brendan Smith and we're placing with Jacob Chickering, I'm all for it. But I just don't see that happening, especially because Brendan Smith is hurt right now. So for anybody that... Is saying that the devils are getting Jacob Chickering. It's not. My guess, if I'm being honest, is probably the Islanders. I'm gonna guess that I literally have no other team I could think of. Maybe Vegas, because Vegas just tries to get literally everybody for whatever assets they still have at this point. But we will see what happens with that. And we will certainly see what happens with the New Jersey Devils. Joe, as always, my friend, it is a it has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, man. You are You are awesome. You are a trooper. You are a huge supporter um, for not only the podcast but for New Jersey in general, man. You are you are Jersey born and bred. And before I let you go, as I do,
0: my mom is actually born and bred. I my through my mother's bloodlines, I am New Jersey. So,
1: but you are Jersey through and through. You are Jersey
0: through and through. So, really, I I will say this. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but. If you see what I sent you about, I say Pacheco and Rutgers.
1: Checker, yeah.
0: He has New Jersey and Rutgers stamped on him all over. And you well, know he, what? We need to have we need to have a player yeah. that has been drafted through the team and mm-hmm. bleeds the Garden State. And if there was something I can mention about Travis Zajac, he
1: mm-hmm.
0: mentioned that it's not about where I was born; it's where I spent my adult years. And when you have the guys like the No Matches, the Hugheses, et cetera, those young guys that spend their glory years um, in New Jersey, Mm -hmm. those guys are all raised in New Jersey. So they're literally Garden Staters that
1: way. And that's what we love. And at the end of the day, myself, Joe, we're all very proud to be New Jerseyans, and we're very proud to. uh, Joe showing me a very cool shirt that he's wearing that's actually very cool.
0: That's from the Um, draft
1: Love it. Oh, that is from the draft party. That is very cool. But, Joe, before I let you go, man, as I do with all my guests, and you know how this works, I like to roll out the red carpet to allow you to uh, let the folks at home know where they can find you on social, all your podcasts, all your writing work as well, and anything else you got going on. So, my friend, the floor is yours.
0: All right. So, for those of you who know, I have a podcast called Heads Up Hockey, also linked in here on uh, StreamYard. And I'm Jersey Joe Eleven underscore NJ on Twitter. You can find me on Pucks and Pitchforks. It's the New Jersey Devils uh, extension of FanSided, and you'll see me there. And I also have a YouTube channel called Heads Up Hockey with Jersey Joe. You'll you'll find me. You'll see that logo um, right there. You'll you'll see my LinkedIn my LinkedIn tree on uh, Twitter. So. Nice. And don't be don't be afraid to reach out anytime, and you know if need a podcast, you know you got me, you got Neil, uh, you got Trey Matthews, you They're got Trey, you got another guy that's from Monmouth County, uh, not just Neil and I. You have Billy
1: Botch of uh, the Trap Podcast. Yes, yes. So, so yeah, Monmouth to-
0: representing New Jersey, and yeah, we love it. We North love it.
1: Central, Central Jersey does exist, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Just so that uh, you know that. That's just and a pork pork. and it's pork roll. Absolutely, Joe. Well, it's dude. A roll of pork. That's exactly correct. Well, Joe, thank you so much, man, for coming on today. We really appreciate it. And you already know we are gonna have you back on the podcast. And uh we'll talk <laughs> soon, all right, my friend. Oh, uh, we'll talk many times again. <laughs> absolutely. Let's go,
0: devils, right? Let's go devils.
1: Devils fans, I gotta tell you something honestly. This time of the year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. And the typical ones, especially for me personally, is, you know, going to the gym consistently and doing things like working out four or five times a week, you know, all those unrealistic type of expectations that we all know usually never last very long. I've actually found one though, that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact in the same way you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycon earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Some of the things that I really love to do using my earbuds is when I do intense workouts at the gym or if I'm just, you know, on the move somewhere. And especially when I'm on the go and I'm relaxing on the train or the bus or everything, just all the features that Raycon gets to give you the most comfortable and also the best type of quality at a very, very reasonable price. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon has definitely got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at a half the price of other premium audio, so you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair, and a spare, and still... Pay less than what you would with some of the other guys. And I have multiple. So for me, I have ones that I use at home. I have ones that I use on the go. And they all work the same way. And it's tremendous, especially knowing that not only are they premium audio, but I'm paying a lot less for them. And that is great. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now or pay later options and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. There's also a handful of really awesome features and the two that really stand out to me are noise isolation, especially if you are using them to try to study or try to focus on something and you don't really want to be bugged. You know, the noise cancellation is great. I also really love the custom gel tips for the perfect most comfortable in-ear fit. You know, you could, shake your head around and everything like that and they won't fall out and you don't have to worry about that which is awesome I also love the water and sweat resistant especially like I mentioned before when you're at the gym so honestly this is all tremendous what what Raycon has to offer and if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact you go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order that's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off Buy Raycon dot com slash THPN.